I'm your host and facilitator, Billy Ryan, and I want to welcome you to the Black Church Leadership Podcast with Master Life Coach and NLP Practitioner, Apostle Martin Wilson. Apostle Wilson's goal for creating this podcast is to help you, as a church leader, to remove the spiritual, mental, and psychological hindrances that keep you from being the best version of yourself. We now go to our broadcast already in progress. So we're getting ready to get into this teaching. Thank you. If you would, please like, share, and subscribe. As I said, this evening I'm doing uh, this, this live video. I haven't been on in a minute, but I wanted to come on because I didn't do, uh, been doing a lot of interviews with uh, pastors. If you go on the Black Church Leadership Podcast, you'll be able to see those, those videos that we've been doing. Uh, great information. Great pastors, leaders that we've been having on, apostles bishops that we've been able to uh, connect with over the years and they're willing to come on and share their information, their story, their teaching uh, and things that they've learned. God bless you, Dr. Craig. God bless you. So as I said, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. I promise I do not want to be on long. I want to talk to you about pastoral care, dealing with souls. Uh, The scripture that the Lord gave me come out of First Thessalonians chapter two, verses number seven and eight. That's first Thessalonians. And I'm going to post it inside of the comments here. First Thessalonians chapter number two, verses number seven and it seven and eight. And it says, rather, we were gentle, rather, we were gentle among you. While like a mother caring for her little child, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Our lives as well, because you had become dear to us. That's our scripture text that I want us to come from today. And we're talking about pastoral care. And as pastors and leaders, uh, it's important that we remember that one of the major obligations that we have is caring for the people of God. I know we love to preach. I know we love to do all the things that come about with being a pastor, but our major obligation is caring for the people of God. We must not only preach the gospel, but also live out the gospel by nurturing and caring for those that are under our care. That's a part of what we do. So when we talk about pastoral care and dealing with souls, pastoral care is the compassionate, practical, and spiritual support that we give to those that God has placed in our care. That That's what soul care is, and it involves being there and taking care of the people in good times and in bad times, listening to their concerns and, and providing guidance and support. And it's a, it's vitally important that we as leaders and as pastors in the church that we, that we really understand this is a big part of what we do. One of the most important aspects of pastoral care is recognizing that we're dealing with souls. We're dealing with people that have been created by God. They're being created in the image of God. 
and that we've got to get to that place that where we as individuals, that we approach every single individual in our ministry with the reverence and with its respect and, and seek to minister to each one of those people in a manner that honors the dignity and worth that God created them for. So let's define pastoral care. I def me personally, I define pastoral care as the compassionate, practical, and spiritual support given to those that are in our care or a part of our ministry. So in the next few moments that I wanted, what I want to do, I want to give you, uh, I think it's several or eight, but several practical tips that will help you as a leader, if you're in the body of Christ, to better care for the people of God. Now, as I said, uh, proper pastoral care, it involves providing passionate, supportive guidance to individuals uh, that God has placed in our ministry and in our care. So important that we see that. So I want to give you some uh, tips. I want to give you some tips that will help. I want to give you some tips that will uh, allow you to be better able to uh, deal with the people that God sends to you. Number one, the first thing that that um, we need as pastors is to be active listeners. Active listeners. If someone someone that's with us, if you if you if you're listening and you want to want to uh, really dig into this, uh, uh, just type that in. Type that in on the screen. Active listening, and that's engaging uh, 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 in in being attentive. And not only being attentive, but being empathetic when we're listening and we're trying to understand the concerns and the emotions and the experience of those that are in our in our care. Where that's that all that goes into that. And this what it, what this does is it helps us to build trust. It shows that we genuinely care about that person's well-being. That's why so many times you've got to make sure that you're in a church where you're being cared for. You don't want to be in a church that's so large that you're just getting lost in the crowd and there's no one there to really care for your well-being as uh, an individual. So we've got to really get uh, get in a place to where there is someone there that will help us. We want to be able to build that trust with them. We want to sow into that person and let that person know that you're genuinely cared for and thought about as a as a individual. And uh listen, we can we can we can't be the answer man uh one thing that i had to that i found out when we when i uh, early in ministry and when you'll burn yourself out and you'll burn the people out is you can't be that answer man and answer woman at this point you've got to be a person that's willing to sit back and listen sit back and listen zig ziglar said it best that people don't care what you know they don't care anything about my degrees on the wall that i have here they don't care what you know until they know that you care about them as an individual. Now, that, that does not mean that we negate uh, correction when needed. When there's correction that's needed, we correct, but we correct in love. We don't correct out of anger. We, we've got to get past uh, trying to correct people like the old saints do and embarrass people and do things that are hurtful that we wouldn't want done to us. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And the easiest way to let someone care is to practice actively listening, being there, being attentive, 
being empathetic. That means that you have the ability to understand and share the other person's feelings. Now, one of the things that I'm big on, and I, I, I went and I got um, certified in it is, uh, it's called EQ. Uh, and if, you, if you've ever been in management, nowadays they are hiring people based on EQ, which is emotional quotient versus IQ. In other words, it doesn't matter how smart you are, but do you have emotional intelligence? And I don't have time to really unpack everything that goes into that, but I wanna say that I believe that every leader, every pastor needs to have some training in emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? It's defined as the ability to identify and understand and manage my own emotions but it's also the ability to recognize and respond appropriately to the emotions of other people. Do I have this mastered? Absolutely not. You can ask Brother Craig. Me and Brother Craig, we get upset with each other. We lay each other out. Uh, so I've got to do better. I've got to do better with managing my own emotions and being sensitive, more sensitive to the emotions of other people. And the reason that em emotional intelligence is so effective and so important to leadership is because it it enables you to build a positive relationship with a person. It enables you to be able to communicate more effectively. It, it, it allows you to be able to navigate complex situations when there's some situations that will be very complex and it will be um, uh, uh, that they got to be handled very delicately. And it's got to have a person that has that emotional intelligence. Every leader needs to receive some type of training in emotional intelligence. And I'll go back and I'll put some links in the description uh, where you can get some more information and you can also get some certifications in emotional intelligence. Um, so the first one is active listening. And the next one that I want and uh, I want to share with you that I believe is very important and we might not even think about it is confidentiality confidentiality we have to respect the privacy and confidentiality of those that confide in us when people come to us and share things with us as leaders we have a job we have a job and that job is being uh, uh uh given to us i'd say even by god i'd go in as as, as wide as saying it was given to us by god to create a safe and a secure environment where people can feel free to share their thoughts, their fears, their struggles, and know that that information will be kept confidential. As a leader, it's important to recognize the significance of confidentiality and privacy. And I know some of you that may listen to this, you've been in churches, you've been in situations with leaders where you've shared things and those, it seems like everybody found out about what you were dealing with. And as a result of uh, the need for confidentiality, it's so important. As a result, we've got to learn how to steer ourselves clear of gossip. As a leader, stay away from gossipers. As pastors and leaders, you must make a conscious effort to uphold the trust that's been placed in us by those that confide in us. There's people that confide in us. They, they give us information. We gotta be mindful of our words and our actions 
to ensure that we don't inadvertently, in other words, you don't even mean to share sensitive information about other people. And I hate to even have to put this one in here, but we come from a time, and I think that some of you remember where a lot of times preacher was just preacher, preach your business over the pulpit. A person should never hear something that you shared in confidence in the Sunday message. They should never hear it. There should be no reference to it. There should be no illustration about it. It should not even come close that they'd be able to think that you shared something with them and now you're sharing it with everyone else. Now, the quickest way to lose the trust and the confidence of those that you lead is to share sensitive information. And when people don't trust you, it won't be long before they won't be following you. So remember, as a leader, it's not only our responsibility to preach the gospel, but also to live out and nurture and care for those that God has entrusted to us. <clears throat> the next one that I want to share with you about is a non-judgmental attitude as a leader as a pastor you're going to hear things i've been doing this for 30 years i've been pastoring for 25 ministering for 30 you're going to hear some things you're going to have people that are going to come and they're going to share things with you you're going to be privy uh, privy to a lot of personal information people are going to share their fears with you people are going to share their shame with you they're going to share their sins with you and in this context it's critical that you as a leader adopt a non-judgmental attitude and approach to dealing with people you've got to learn how to accept people right where they are. If you ever want to help them to come up, if you ever want to help people to grow, you've got to accept people right where they are without imposing your personal biases or your personal belief. The only opinion that you can have as a pastor and as a leader is the word of God. You can't put on what mama said and what daddy said and what this belief and what your denomination believe. But does the Bible say, it's important to show people understanding, compassion, even when faced with something that is challenging to you as an individual. You may have an entire different opinion, but as I said, the only opinion that you share is the word of God. You do not share your personal biases. You do not come at that person from a judgmental angle. Because guess what? God doesn't have big sins and little sins. It's sin. The next one is emotional support. Now to, to provide emotional support, it can be helpful to offer an individual, as we said, that safe space, that welcoming space, where they can feel comfortable to express all of their feelings that they're experiencing in that moment. 
That's emotional support. This goes back to that active listening. It goes back to uh, being able to validate people's emotion, that emotional intelligence, to validate their emotions, not to uh, 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 let them think that that uh, their emotions are not, you know, to talk to them in a manner where it makes them feel like their emotions are not important. You let them know that it is completely normal for you as a Christian to be going through this difficult, difficult time. It's a, it's in, it's totally normal for you as an individual saved or unsaved to be going through difficult times. Sometimes the enemy will make people feel like they are the only one that is going through a particular thing. And you've got to be real with people. Sometimes you've got to become downright vulnerable with people and let people know that you've been where they are. We got to be careful not to dismiss people's emotions and make it seem like it's unimportant. It's, it's, uh, uh, th th that breaks rapport with people. And once rapport is broken, it's very difficult. And sometimes it's almost impossible to repair rapport with people, especially if you haven't built that relationship to that place to where you can talk and be real with each other. And additionally, you need to offer comforting words. You got to be all be able to to reassure that person. Uh, you you got to be present. That's that's one of the big things that that I always talk about is being present. That means being in that moment right now. While I'm teaching, I'm in this moment. Those of you that are listening to me, it's just me and you. I'm in this moment. I'm not thinking about what I got to do next. I'm thinking about sharing this information with you to make you a better leader. So when you're offering words of comfort and you're offering words of reassurance, be present. Provide that solace. That can help a person. That can help an individual. That can go a long way to, to, to making that individual feel seen, making them feel heard in those trying times. As a pastor, as a leader, we have to make sure that we don't put everybody in the same box. Now, I'm a very, I'm a very emotionally detached person. So I had to learn emotional intelligence to understand my own emotions so that I could be able to deal with other people's emotions. It also helped me not to put everybody in the same box. It's important to acknowledge that everybody's journey is unique. Everybody's journey is going to cause them to, because of what they've been through, it's going to cause them to require a different form of support. If you want to help people, you know, sometimes, sometimes if you want to help people, the best thing you can do is check in with the individual and ask them, how can I help you? What, what in this moment of your, your situation, what is the best way that I can help you? They may say, I don't need you to say nothing. I don't need you to pray. I don't need you to give me no scripture. I just need you to be here. I just need you to be present with me. I need you to let me vent. I need to get this off of me. Can you do that? And by providing a compassionate and caring presence. 
You can help you can help an individual more than sitting there with all your counseling skills, all my coaching skills, all your Bible knowledge. You can help an individual feel more supported and less alone and help them to navigate those challenging times. The next one that I want to share that helps people is practical assistance. That's going beyond emotional support. This is where you begin as a leader to identify practical ways that you can help individuals, practical ways that you can help individuals. It, it, it may be that person that needs a job. You, you can't give them a job, but you can help them with their job skills. You can help them write their resume. You can help them uh, prepare for an interview. This, this involves connecting people with the appropriate resources, providing guidance, helping them solve problems and issues. Listen, I remember when I was first pastoring and I had small children and I had a lot of members that had teenagers. So what I would do is I would connect that parent with another parent that I knew was successfully navigating teenage life with their children. I would connect them. I would put them together and allow them to mentor and be accountable to each other. You've got, to, you've got to be able to provide guidance. And sometimes the guidance doesn't have to come from you. You can connect people. You can, hey, you can listen, if, if, if there's a banker in your church, then you need that banker to come along beside you as a pastor and to help you to do financial classes and financial planning for the people of God. One way that I offer assistance is I, I, I wanted to be able to help people beyond the preach message is I, I went and got a certification in life coaching. I wanted to be able to help people. Now, listen, now, and let me tell you, some people don't want help. Some people don't want, they really don't want help because a lot of people that are connected to me, they know that I'm a life coach and yet they still would prefer to struggle through life than to sit down and be accountable. See, life coaching involves uh, working with an individual and helping them identify and achieve personal goals. And that's another thing that I'm seeing. A lot of people don't have personal goals. A lot of people are just drifting through life. Just drifting. Drifting the night away. Oh, drifting. No goals, no dreams, no out of admirations. That's why I'm proud of my wife. She's back in school. I'm, I've got ministers that are in our uh, uh, church that are a part of the fellowship that we're part of, the Wolfpack. They're part of the school. They're going, they're getting that learning every other Saturday. They're on a Zoom. They're doing learning. They've got goals and dreams to become a better minister, to become a better person. Listen, as a life coach, uh, and, and that one thing I must say, a lot of people in our in our church have come to us and we've helped tried to tried to help them with their relationships. That's one thing that uh, life coaching does. It helps people with their relationships to enhance their overall well-being by helping them. A life go uh, a life uh, a life coach as a life coach. I provide guidance and support to those so that they can uh, overcome obstacles and achieve their full potential. In, in a coaching session, what we do is we explore the things that you value. It helps you to set goals, to develop an action plan for your life, 
and be able to assess the progress. We, we give you some ways to assess the progress. And the ultimate goal of life coaching is to help a person feel empowered to make positive change in their life and to achieve that desired outcome. It's not just the, it, 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 a preaching will save people. But to help people to move to different levels in their life, you've got to offer them the word of God and you've got to give them techniques and skills to be able to apply it to their everyday life so that they can move further. The next tool that I want us to understand that we need as pastors and leaders is we need to be able to offer spiritual guidance. Now I know, I know. When 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 uh, when when we think of pastoring and giving spiritual gu- uh, guidance, we think that's a given. But giving spiritual guidance has to go beyond the pulpit. When I talk about spiritual guidance, I'm talking about discipling, and it's a two-edged sword because I know a lot of people don't want to be a disciple. But when you when you're a pastor, you got to find those one those those individuals that want to be disciple and help that individual explore and nurture their spirituality, finding their spiritual calling, their meaning and their purpose in life. That means sometimes you tell them, no, you're not ready. That means that you give them tools to they can begin to hone their skills and to better find out what God is calling them to. Many pastors are very passionate, and I used to be like this, very passionate about preaching, and we enjoy enjoy the attention that it brings. But I recognize that discipleship is where the real work happens. We do it in our life groups. That's where the real work happens. That's where we talk. That's where we bounce things off each other. Discipleship goes way beyond that that's that preaching on Sunday morning it involves building meaningful relationships with individuals investing time investing energy in their spiritual growth and it also requires accountability I become accountable to them they become accountable to, to me and we're constantly in a forward motion of progressive, spirituality we're constantly moving when one of us slows down we help pull the other one up it's a willingness that has to be there a willingness to be there for that individual when things are high and when things are low and i tell you on this faith journey there will be a lot of lows and highs are you willing as a leader to be there by embracing discipleship Pastors, we can help people to develop and understand their faith. We got people in church talk about they're on their way to heaven and they don't even understand the basic principles of the faith. But when we begin to disciple, not only are we helping that person build a strong foundation, but we're building a stronger foundation for our entire ministry. We're building a foundation because when you help individuals be strong, families become stronger. And ultimately, that is going to have a greater impact on your church, your community, and beyond. 
I hear pastors all the time talking about, you know, I, I just ain't got no leaders. I don't, I just, you know, I'm praying the Lord send me some leaders. Well, guess what? The future leaders that you need can be developed through discipleship. Don't wait for God to send you other leaders. You don't know what you're going to get. What my, my friend Bishop Mullen said, if you don't train them, you can't trust them. You don't want a leader that comes from somebody else's church because what they learned at somebody else's church may not fit into the puzzle, may not fit into the vision of what God is calling you to do. Develop leaders through discipleship. Don't wait for God to send people. Develop them through discipleship. The next one, collaboration. So often as pastors, we try to make the church a one-stop shop. We want to do everything. We become, uh, 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 I forgot how they say it, um, jack of all trades, master of none. We try to do everything. We want this in the church. We want that in the church. But if, if you're going to do ministry, you've got to learn the impact of collaboration. If, if there's anything that has impacted my ministry the most is Archbishop Ellis. He taught us the importance of collaboration, collaborating with other professionals, therapists, counselors, health providers. Listen, he one thing that he he said, you can't cast out chemical imbalance. That person needs counseling. That person needs therapy. And he said, I kept my anointed all on one side of my desk. And on the other side of the desk, I kept some cards for Cleveland Psychiatrics. And I need to, and, and for those of you that may hear this and may listen, do not let anybody think, don't let anyone make you feel or think that you are less than because you go to a counselor or to a therapist or get a life coach. You need someone in your life that is a trained professional that can help you to break down some, especially if you're a person that has dealt with some trauma in your life. If you've dealt with trauma, you need a therapist. You need a counselor. Listen, and those of you that are listening, if you don't, if you don't know any good Christian counselors, I have, I, I know some good Christian counselors, inbox me. I'll get you in touch with them. I have some uh, Christian therapists that I know. Please contact me. I will get you in touch with them. Health providers. I can get you in touch with some people that can tell you some things to help you with your health and with your, with your physical uh, uh, well-being. Pastors, we got to drop our ego, man. Drop your ego. Woman of God, man of God, drop your ego. Recognize your limitations and refer individuals to specialized help when it's needed so that they can receive the comprehensive care that they need. That's what I'm talking. Eight years. Love my therapist. Say that, doc. Yes, sir. Don't be afraid. Because guess what? When you come back, like my sister Channy, she, she went to therapist, but God knows when she came back and now when she's on our calls, all of the wisdom, all of the knowledge that she gained from being with that therapist, she's able to help other people. 
Last one. I got to get out of here. Continuous education. As pastors, you need to continuously engage yourself in ongoing learning and, and, and places of self-reflection to enhance your pastoral skills. You got to stay, you got to stay. Listen, you cannot pastor this generation based on 1960, 1970, 1990, 2000. Listen, even 2000 is outdated. You got to come up. You, you've got to know, you got you to gotta update your knowledge so that you can be able to help people. I'm a much better leader because of therapy. Every counsel, every counselor needs a counselor. You know, you got that right. Me and my wife, the, the leaders that we're under right now, I'm not under them because I, I'm a bishop, I'm an apostle, and I'm under another apostle. I need, I, I, I understand spiritual covering. I need spiritual covering. But to, if I had to be honest, the reason that we're under them is because what they can offer my marriage, what they offer me is in, in instruction, in taking time for us to help us to better understand each other, to hear us out when we're going, at, that, that, I'm just being honest. I'm under them because of what they offer me as a man, as a husband, not as a bishop. I didn't come looking for no position. I didn't come. I had a fellowship. I, I had my own fellowship. I still have my own school that we run our ministers through. I, I didn't come for that. I come because apostle, chief apostle Matthew Valters has been given the wisdom and knowledge to speak into my life as a man to make me a better man. Sometimes he has to lay me out. Yeah, you do. Yeah, come hard at it. But if you're going to be a leader, you need to get around the right people, be up to date on the best practices, seek supervision, mentorship, and practical training programs. Listen, on last night, I, on last night, I went to, well, it's not my first time, but it's my first time doing it on Zoom. I'm about to join Toastmasters. I want to be a better speaker. So I'm connecting with people who can teach me to be a better speaker. Even within that, they have what they call a leadership track. I'm going to take the leadership track. So not only am I going to be learning how to be a better speaker, I'm going to be learning how to be a better leader. So you should constantly be bettering yourself, ongoing, consistently learning, enhancing your pastoral skills, your leadership skills, your speaking skills, your presentation skills. See, this is one reason that I created the Black Church Leadership Podcast. It's so weekly. All you got to do is pick up your phone. You got to just pick up your phone, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some of the top leaders that I have access to to come and to share the information and knowledge and anointing that God has given them 
so that you can be active, uh, uh, impacted by their life. All you got to do is pick up your phone. You're going to receive coaching. You're going to receive teaching. You're going to receive interviews from great leaders that will help you to be the best version of yourself. As I get ready to close this, I need you to remember the pastoral care is a multifaceted discipline that requires a genuine commitment. Listen, there's some of us that have, it took age, let's be honest, it took age and maturity for us to understand that pastoring a church is not just about preaching. It's about a genuine commitment to serve other people. And if you're a pastor and you have not made up your mind to take that, 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 that genuine discipline and place it on yourself and say, I'm here to care for the people. If I don't get to preach, I want to care for the people. And when we embody that empathy, that compassion, and that willingness to support those in need. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make a positive impact on that individual. It's going to make a positive impact on your church. It's going to make a positive impact that's going to ripple way past your church. It's going to affect their jobs. It's going to affect their home. It's going to check, uh, affect their children's children. So listen, you have been listening to the Black Church Leadership Podcast. I usually record these and then put them out, but I wanted to come and do this. So we will um, put this one out on tomorrow. But if you would, I want you to please go to the Black Church Leadership Podcast and like, share, and subscribe. I'm going to post it here in the group again. You can go, you can listen to great uh, teaching that has already been put out by some great leaders uh, on last week, week before last, I think it was. I had Bishop Randy Borders. Oh man, such wisdom, such knowledge that God has really given him. And he came on the show and shared that with us. So listen, please, if you would go to the Black Church Leadership. Let me post that in there. There we go. Boom, boom, boom. There we go. Black Church Leadership. I want you guys to go there. If you would like, share, subscribe every Thursday, every Thursday, we're going to have a new episode. It'll either be me teaching something just like what we did tonight. I'm going to have some great guests on. Matter of fact, I see my brother. I see my brother. I, I'm, I'm already inboxing him. I'm hoping, I hoping I can get, uh, uh, get on the phone with him as soon as I get done here. And we're going to have some great teachers that are going to be coming on. So listen, remember, God is the greatest power and you are absolutely not defeated. Until next time, God bless. You have been listening to the Black Church Leadership Podcast with Master Life Coach and NLP Practitioner, Apostle Martin Wilson.